Good evening, everybody. Well, uh, as I want to again thank uh, Dave and Margie and and Nino, Miss Lady, and uh, and Hudson uh, for starting us off here tonight as we continue part two of a lesson from Sunday, a close walk with God. Um, you know, there there's nothing like walking with God, and and yet we we all know that. When you decide to to get close to God, Satan always has something that he throws at you. You know, you, you get sick, something happens with the car, uh, something happens with the kid to, to just get us kind of, you know, off focus. And um, and so tonight I want to kind of talk more practically about how to maintain that walk with him and 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 how to uh persevere you know in our in our walk with god but uh i, I wanted to i want to share a little video clip here um i found this um some time ago and i just thought wow what Th this epitomizes uh what relationships should look like where you're desire is uh you have a greater desire for someone other than yourself and um you know but before we do that i i thought i i saw a special brother here on the screen tonight where's greg daniels at where is he at i want to give greg d a shout out where's he at I, there he is greg d Hey, brother, it's great to see you, man. I thought I saw your face. It's great to see you, Greg. Amen. But um, so, <clears throat> you know, to maintain that close walk with God each day, like I said, like any relationship, it's going to take some effort on, on our part. Because, you know, one of the things about staying close to God is that it's very easy to drift from God. And so keeping our hearts close to him takes spiritual effort each and, and every day. And, um, you know, there's a scripture here in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 28, verse 9, it says, and Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind for the lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought if you seek him you will find him but if you forsake him he will reject you forever you know it's encouraging to know that our god can be found and um you know i want to just kind of highlight a couple things here in this passage because he says serve God with a whole heart or a complete heart. And uh, when I think about that, I thought about this, this clip that I'm going to show you. And this is um, the year before um, Jerome Bettis, who used to play for the Steelers, he was going to retire. And, um, and so they come to their last game and they're interviewing one of his teammates. And um, I want you to listen to what he says. 
He says, I want to, if this is my last time with you guys, I want to thank everybody for the memories. And, and what's so beautiful is he decided to play one more year. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. But we have to have that wholehearted devotion that, that I am completely here. You know, to have a close relationship with God, we not uh we, we need to not only serve him with our actions but with our thoughts with with our complete heart and, you know when i think of serving god with a complete heart i think of giving my god uh gi giving my all to god and not not holding back anything you know and this can come out in in many different ways and at different times you know Deciding to shrink away in fear or selfishness from things God puts on my heart to do. You know, being honest with God about my desires and intentions. You know, sometimes we are really afraid to tell God, this is what I really want. I want a relationship. I, I want this kind of marriage. Or I, I want to, you know, change in this way. Um, but really being honest in, in our relationship with God. Also acknowledging God in our lives. You know, one thing that helps our relationship with God is looking for ways he is moving in our lives. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes it's hard to see God at work, especially through challenging times. Instead of looking for things that are going wrong or pointing out the problem, the Bible talk leader, the, the, the ministry leader, the, 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 uh, the, you know, the children's ministry, the ushering, the, all of the things that can go wrong, sometimes we need help to look for ways God is moving for our good and for the good of those around us. And we can also, you know, reflect and, and acknowledge the ways that that not only has he taken care of us uh, present in the present, but also even in the past. Um, you know, another thing here, God has taken care of each and every one of us before we were even old enough to realize, it, you know. Sometimes uh, <laughs> I, I had this picture of my dad uh, on this, on, on our house, the, the home that I grew up in. And, and basically what he did was they took the house and they put it on a truck. And my dad desired desperately and mom to live in the town that we grew up in. So they, they bought this house, they put it on this truck and they drove it, you know, probably about four miles. And they, they put it, 
you know, in, in Hobbstown. And I was, you know, telling my dad how I said, you know, if you didn't make that decision, I think life would be completely different had I grown up somewhere else without the influences around me. And, and you know, I, I just feel grateful for that. But it's, again, it's sometimes it's looking back to appreciate, you know, where you've come from. And so that takes time to just take a step back. I love what David Margie said, take it, let's just take a deep breath and, and appreciate and look at the ways that God has worked. Because what that does is it endears our heart to him. And, uh, and when we search for God in our lives, the, the Bible promises that we will find him. And that is so important that we find him. Uh, another point here under maintaining that relationship with God, our hearts for him each day, is learning from Jesus and his relationship with God. John 1.18, and I read this on Sunday, and it says, no one has ever seen God but the one and only son who is himself God and is at is is in closest relationship with the father has made him known you know no one can see God and that's as i said on sunday one of the most challenging things about walking with him as a human being but what god did is he said i'm going to provide a solution and that solution is Jesus. See, we can see Jesus clearly through the scriptures. And we can see Jesus clearly through the lives of his followers as they display Christ-like attitudes and action. And see, Jesus makes God known to us. He is himself God. So he shows us who God is by the way he treats people, the things he values, the truths he teaches. He also knows what it's like to live in a human body with all its temptations and weaknesses and still have a close relationship with the Father. See, that means that we have to continue to stay in the word and read about Jesus regularly to both learn about God and to follow his example of walking closely with God. Jesus' relationship with God was vulnerable. It was honest, and it was trusting. I want to throw out a few scriptures here that we're all familiar with, but Jesus teaches us in his relationship with God. This is Hebrews 5, 7 through 8. It says, while Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cries and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers. Again, he heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Matthew 26 Verse 36 through 46, and we're all familiar 
with, with these passages. It says, then Jesus went with them to the olive garden, olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, John, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. <coughs> he told them, <coughs> excuse me, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watching, pray, so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left the second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, uh, your will be done. Then he returned to them again and he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Last scripture, Mark 1, verse 35 through 39, says before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. See, brothers and sisters, you look at this, these passages, what are some things that you learn about Jesus's relationship with God? Again, there is chock full of, of just principles there. But my question to you is, what, what would you like to imitate? about his relationship with God, you know? Do you wanna have that steadfast remembrance of why you're here, staying mission focused, that you're not gonna be distracted left and right and continue? You, you're gonna you know, have that uh, compassion and concern as you go along that he had. I mean, think about the things that we learn about Jesus Jesus's relationship with God. The question is, again, what would you like to imitate? Lastly, a couple of more points here. Let God's word teach you how to live your life. Psalm 25, verse 5, and this is in the uh, GNT uh, translation, lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me all day long. I put my hope in you. 
You know, one of the amazing things about David's relationship with God is that he teaches us to live, he says, live according to his truth. And see, what that means his word is not just something inspiring to meditate on, but his word is a powerful agent of change in our lives. You know, you remember the story, Zacchaeus, in Luke 19, verse 1 through 8. This is a powerful, powerful illustration of change. And it says here that Zacchaeus was a corrupt tax collector whose life and work ethic radically changed because of one thing, his interaction with Jesus. His interaction with Jesus. And if you notice and you read the gospels and you read the scriptures, when people interacted with Jesus and they had that right mindset and they had the right heart, there was powerful change. And again, I don't know about you, but I walked into, you know, this year thinking, Russ, you need to change. What, what do you need to change? Like, what's going to be a radical change that is, you're different? And, um, you know, I thought about, I'm like, wow, God has changed me a lot. But man, it seems like as I've gotten older, it's easier to have these, you know, bad habits, um, you know, whether it's with eating or, or just my reactions sometimes in my relationship with Sari. Um, but I want to, to be that man to, you know, the Bible says a fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. You know, when you wear your emotions on your sleeve, and, and I do, uh, you can probably tell when I'm not fired up, um, it's easy to sometimes get underneath your skin, you know? And one of the things that I wanna grow in this year is being more self-control, but when I express something, that I express it with calmness, with gentleness, um, and not annoyance. And I realized, I'm like, man, that is, it's very difficult when you're a passionate or emotional person, uh, or you're, you know, you, you, um, you know, sensitive in some ways about certain things. And I'm thinking, man, God, I want this to change, but I realize it is not easy to change. And you don't see the ramifications of it, um, but it's not easy. And so, man, this was one thing I thought, man, I, I want to I grow in this area in my life uh, with my wife. I want to grow also in being uh, just a believer in what God says, no matter what everybody else is saying and thinking, 
what God says is this, and therefore I'm acting accordingly. I'm acting as if the harvest is plentiful. I'm acting as if people are in need of a relationship with God. Uh, I'm acting as if I can't outgive God. So I'm going to just continue to, to give and to serve. But let's read this story. Luke 19, verse 1 through 8. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very rich. He tried to get he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Verse four. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down the, and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Now, I'm like, when I see that, I'm like, wow. So Zacchaeus must have knew something about Jesus. Uh even though he, he wasn't a follower of Jesus, why would he be so excited and joyful? Jesus is coming to my house. Verse seven, but the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood up before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people, on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And this is in the uh, NLT version. See, we don't know the extent of Zacchaeus's relationship with God, but there was something there because he had to be very confident in Jesus's love and forgiveness that he, one, openly admitted his faults and said, hey, yeah, if I've done this, here's what I'm going to do. And then said, courageously, I'm going to change my ways. I'm going to give back. See, if our relationship with God doesn't show up in the way we live or treat people, brothers and sisters, our hearts may actually be drifting away from God. You know, James 1.26, if someone believes they have a relationship with God but fails to guard his words, then his heart is drifting away and his religion is shallow and empty. You know, James reminds us that it is very easy to be deceived about our relationship with God. If our outward behavior seems okay, and by whatever standard we come up with, that's why it's good that the Bible gives us clear indicators that our religion is becoming shallow and empty. 
You know, have you ever gone out and maybe had a prayer walk or prayer time and you're pouring out your heart to God and then you come back home and you get to the computer or you get to, you know, home and then boom, something happens and bang, the anxiety level goes through the roof. Or now you're edgy and you're snapping and you're just, you know, really impatient. And it's like all of the stuff you prayed about and poured out to God doesn't seem like you left it there. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, what, what was that? The stuff I was stressed out about, I didn't cast that on God. And so what, what was that? And so what I realize is sometimes we can do what I would call self-talk, where we're talking but we're not really casting our anxieties on him. We're not giving it to him. We're not saying, God, I can't deal with this. So I'm giving it to you and I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be anxious. Or when I do start feeling that way, I'm, I'm going to come back and, and, and re-surrender. But what you notice is that, you know, you know, prayers can be, again, shallow and empty. And what do I mean? Well, it's, it's prayers, but there's no faith. There's no trust. There's no submission to, again, what God says. And so we might be, again, walking, and we might be talking, and we might have the outward appearance of prayer. But when you get down to it, what's coming out of life and out of self and and you know like i said i've spent times where it's like what what was that if i really believe that god is in control i'm gonna act a certain way <laughs> excuse me if i really believe that god is gonna take care of me i'm gonna live a certain way it's gonna come out of my life but if i'm just giving lip service well then that's also gonna be shown zacchaeus had an experience that changed his life he had a connection with jesus that changed his life you and i have had experiences with Jesus that's been life-changing. I'll never forget studying the Bible with a friend and he and his brother lived under the same roof and they never talked for three years. And as we study the Bible and said, hey, dude, you got to repent of this. You got to repent of, of, you know, this, you know, hatred or what, whatever it is and, and reconcile with your brother. So I remember we're counting the calls and I'm like, well, let's, let's go to your house. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go repent. And we go back to his house and he goes into the room and we're sitting in the kitchen and uh, he, you know, goes and apologizes to his brother. And um, it was almost like a movie because the mom came into the house 
and she walks into the living room and sees her her two sons hugging and crying and then she starts crying and I just thought wow that's the power of God that people literally change and you and I have been given a spirit when we were baptized into Christ we were given a spirit of love of power and of self-discipline and so brothers and sisters let's not allow self to stop us from continuing to experience the power of God, participate in that divine nature. Each and every opportunity that we get when we connect with our Father and with our God. So where, where have we been tonight? Well, we talked about maintaining our heart for God each day. You know, on Sunday, we talked about Enoch. He walked with the Lord 300 years. Well, part of how he did it, he maintained his heart each day. But with that, we've got to serve God wholeheartedly with a complete heart. You know, and the other thing is let God's word teach us how to live life. You know, it is so easy as you do this thing called walking with God to, to really rely on yourself and, and you don't even realize it. But I pray that tonight we can, uh, we can think about, again, that God's word is powerful and we got to allow that word to continue to influence and, and mold us and, and shape us and change us and as we go from, you know, one thing to another, that we remember the goal is to become more like Christ. And, you know, when I think about that, and, you know, I shared that video earlier about the relationship. Well, Jerome Bettis came back that next year, and, uh, and there's his boy, Heinz Ward, giving him the championship trophy. And he won the Super Bowl in his hometown of Detroit uh, and kind of rolled off <laughs> into the sunset. But I thought, you know, man, who, who, who are we going to, to help, you know, champion that cause in their relationship with God? You know, again, we can be that inspiration for somebody. But, you know, what area in your life do you need God's help to change? You know, is it just, you know, continuing to have that vision for you or for your neighbors or whomever? What, what, what is it? What, what area is that? All you got to do is remember, take a, take a moment, think about what God's done in your life. And know this, he wants to do that in everybody's life around you and I, that we would have real relationships with him.